Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about where we are with this darn pandemic that has dominated this year, 2020. And there's lots of conflicting data points, individuals, business leaders, public health officials, elected officials, and investors alike are trying to figure out where this is all heading. This is an area that I've been studying deeply for some time. The coronavirus is new this past year. It's not that well understood in the medical community, and it's threatened our global society with a very high mortality rate. We've had a bit of a reprieve over the summer months. The weather's getting cooler, people are spending more time indoors, and we're seeing infection rates rising dramatically in many countries, including Spain, Israel, France, India, and Brazil. The United States will pass a grim milestone in the next day or so with 200,000 deaths so far this year from the pandemic. There are some potential vaccines undergoing early clinical trials, and it's reported that a few hold considerable promise. However, even if these are found to be effective, it will be many more months before they can be manufactured in sufficient quantities and administered on a large enough scale to get penetration of the population and have a meaningful impact. We're hearing of outbreaks in the school system as children return to school. We're hearing first-hand accounts of outbreaks in university residence buildings. So where does this leave us? It's possible that we have a second wave coming, some point to the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 which infected a third of the world's population in four successive waves. It was the latter waves of the Spanish flu that were the most deadly. Is history about to repeat itself with COVID-19? There's some good news that for some reasons not getting a lot of publicity, and frankly, I don't know why. I've been following the work of Dr. John Campbell from the United Kingdom. He's been reporting on a number of recent studies showing the correlation between the severity of COVID symptoms and vitamin D levels. There are numerous studies showing there's a strong link to severe COVID symptoms and vitamin D deficiency. A recent small-scale experiment of 76 patients conducted in Spain showed that out of 50 COVID patients chosen at random who were given the best available treatment and high doses of vitamin D, all of them survived, and only one out of 50 deteriorated to the point where they needed to be admitted to intensive care. Out of the remaining 26, they were the control group, they were given the best available treatment and no vitamin D. And from this control group, 13 out of 26 deteriorated to the point where they needed intensive care and two of them died. Fully, 50% those who were not given supplementary vitamin D ended up in intensive care. And over the past week, Dr. Campbell has presented numerous other papers and studies from the Journal of the American Medical Association, two large-scale studies from Israel, to name just a few. Now, it's strange that the World Health Organization Center for Disease Control, the Oxford Center, have not initiated large-scale clinical trials of vitamin D, but the studies to date seem pretty compelling. I've maintained for a long time it would take one of two things to bring the pandemic to an end from a social and economic impact. Number one, it would take herd immunity. That means either everyone gets it, or a large enough percentage get it, or there's a large-scale deployment of a vaccine. Or secondly, an effective treatment. If you look at the statistics coming from Europe, we see that case counts are rising dramatically. Let's look at Spain specifically. New daily cases peaked around the middle of March. Deaths in Spain peaked about three weeks later in early April and then declined as the number of infections dropped. Fast forward to August. The number of new cases have been rising very quickly and have almost reached the same levels as those reported in the spring. Now, we know that testing is being done more efficiently now than it was in the spring, so there's likely a larger number of undetected cases in the general population earlier in the year. But here's a striking difference. Three weeks after cases peaked in Spain in late August, 
the number of deaths reported is a tiny fraction compared to what it was earlier in the year. And during the first wave, there were about 10,000 new cases a day, and the deaths peaked at about 1,000 deaths a day. In late August, we're seeing about 10,000 new cases a day, and anywhere from 30 to 70 deaths per day. It appears as though treatment has become more effective, and many fewer people are dying. We see a similar situation in France, where the number of daily cases reported now at the end of August and September has far surpassed the peak in the spring. Daily deaths in France peaked at about 1,500 deaths a day. Now, France is experiencing about 30 deaths a day. Same phenomenon is being reported in the UK. Cases are up dramatically, but the number of deaths is not. It's too early to declare the pandemic over. Some of the studies have shown vitamin D to be effective as both a preventative and as a therapeutic. And vitamin D is produced within the body simply by exposure to sunlight. As a supplement, it's readily available and it's easily manufactured in high volume. For the past week, I've been taking high doses of vitamin D, and I believe there's reason for optimism that as the research becomes more widely known, we will see a rapid conclusion to this pandemic. As you think about that, go out, take some vitamin D, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 